intro. I'm going to do the intro? You're doing the intro. Okay, gotcha. Okay. So, as soon as the music comes in. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Aren't You Famous podcast season two, episode two. That's correct, right? We called the recap episode one. I yes. want to say that that's true. Yes, that's episode one. Um, who are I, you? I'm Ellen Cherry. Uh-huh. And who are you? I'm Andrew Grimm. And we're here with our good friend, Ben Shannon. I'm Ben Shannon. You're Ben Shannon, <laughs> Pittsburgh-based songwriter that I personally met on the first... No, was it the first Why Are You Famous tour? Yes, it was. Yes, and it was, because we came through in March. That's when I met you and heard you for the first time. And Howlers. At Howlers, right? Yeah. And there was this amazing piece that you played about robots that... In, I, it was just drawn into your vortex, and I was so drawn towards you while you were singing the song, and also you were moving to the back of the stage, and I was just like, the, the amount of stage presence that you have, the ability to carry my attention while your back was to me was like impressive to me. So your name and like your presence and your music stuck in my mind, and when we were playing season two, you were on the top of our list of like we wanted to come back and visit and bring Ben into the fold. That is correct. Honored to be here. So I take responsibility <laughs> for the fact that I've been busy and it was my job to research you heavily. <laughs> and I did it about a month ago and I failed to bring it with me today mm. and well, prepare. So I'm going to ask you to talk a little bit about yourself and your history of creating songs so that we can give people who are listening just like an idea of, of how you would describe your musical journey to this moment in uh, October uh, of 2018. <laughs> A lot of this is going to depend on the genius of your editing uh, to really pull pull this off. But uh, it's at this point I tell you that there's no editing. You just you just make it happen. <laughs> okay. You're gonna do great. <laughs> um, well, let's see. I um, that show at Howlers was was uh, I don't know why, but I just got angry at the cloud of smoke uh, that was just choking me out and. Um, you know, sometimes I, I, when I'm on stage, I do, I feel like I'm doing battle in a way. Um, and, uh, at that, at, at that show, I, I did feel, um, uh, inspired by both you and Andrew's set. And, and a lot of times that will be enough to lift off and just, uh, disappear. And, and the reason I was going to the back of the stage is because that's where the light was. Mm -hmm. So I could see my hands. There was a light bulb at the back of the stage, and I was like, no, "I remember I it. think I'm, you know." And and it was one of those those shows where your hand gets real. Like my hand was really tight and sweaty, and it took like three songs for it to like loosen up and for me to be able to articulate with my left hand. Mm -hmm. But I actually discovered that I I have Dupranes, which are Celtic claw, where there's it's the ligament in your palm just mm -hmm. pulls your finger down. So I wake up. With my wife calls it Jerry Finger, it's like that <laughs> little finger. But I wake up like this, and I, anyway. But that's kind of like my hands sometimes get really tight. But it's not noticeable in your performance, and it especially wasn't tonight because we tonight we played at a place called um, Mr. Small's. We played at the Fun House, and you set up the yeah. gig. Thank you for doing that. Oh, you're so welcome. Yeah, I like I like the Fun House. It's run by the uh, former uh, Rusted Root singer Liz Berlin and her <gasps> husband Mike oh, Speranza. Cool. And uh, he's he's like a so there's a lot of crossroads there because I grew up. Um, wow, I spent 20 years as a skater, probably skateboarder. Ten of them as a shop sponsored and competitive, and then like another whatever 20 years just trying to 
I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> here in Pittsburgh, you were a skateboarder. In I was Pittsburgh. a skater here. Yeah, yeah. And um, I didn't know that. And See, this is Mike Speranza was also a skater, uh, and then he built a skate park, and then he tore that down and built half of that venue as old ramps from a skate park. Hmm. And it's a church, and they just kind of built off of that. But it's a great venue, and they support live music. As you can tell, we all got paid, which is... Okay, this is the most amazing thing that I think people need to hear about, is that we yeah. did not have, like, a f- super full house. We had attentive listeners there, and it was a really nice evening for an intimate show of songwriters. Mm-hmm. But it was not necessarily financially sta- sustainable, and the club paid us anyway, which is a rare thing in America. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they have a little baseline where they say, this is how much people are going to get paid if you get a certain number of people in the door, yeah. regardless. That's an amazing gonna, philosophy. Yeah. I really appreciate it and would like to yeah. say send them a little thank you note. Yeah, shout you. out to Mr. Smalls and, and uh, Mr. Smalls Funhouse and Creative Life Support is their a bigger thing where they... They have a rock camp and everything, but they're they're great. great but you folks. met them through skateboarding originally. Um, no, I met them through Rusted Root. I mean, I was a I was a fan, um, and then, you know, um, I was on a, a side project a while back. But it's um, and Mike is as a skater, you know, so we built a we built a look we built a bowl. It's like a seven foot shallow, eleven foot deep end with pool coping from Mario Lemieux's pool. Whoa. I'm um, on the shallow end and uh, like real pool coping. Huh. Uh, and they, they tore down the University of Pittsburgh law building. They tore out all the insides and put it in dumpsters and it was all 70s tight grain t- true by fours and these like just like s- awesome wood. And uh-huh. so we built like a three-story addition off the back of my friend's porch down the hill it's all you with have to three do. materials that are actually like high quality lasting materials it took yeah. us two years and we uh, one of our friends is a skater and an architect and he came over and to sign off on it for the building code and he was like uh there's no foundation or footer here so we dug a footer after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> poured okay. it yeah but we way overbuilt it anyway but, um, yeah, so I don't know. Well, that's what, uh, one of the things that we were talking in the car on the mm-hmm. way to here, to your mother's lovely home, where we're recording the podcast this evening. Thank you to your mom for allowing us to some space to talk to you mm-hmm. after the show, late into the night. Um, that the most amazing thing is that there was a loud band below us in the main venue at Mr. Small's, and, like, there was no bleed in, no the, bleed. in the audience yeah. um, of the venue that we were playing, which is, uh, that's also a thoughtful idea that... Yeah to build a venue with the specific idea that there's going to be smaller acts upstairs and that they're not just sort of like, cause I've played uh, clubs in New York oh, yeah. where they have like two venues and they're right over top of each other with no soundproofing. And basically yeah. if you, they don't overlap the sets, you just have to figure out who's louder mm-hmm. yeah. and it's not fun. Well, this, this whole talking about skating is interesting. Cause I think uh, as a songwriter, a lot of my focus has always been, energy and sort of if i get this like feeling like a a little bit of an adrenaline rush it's similar to an adrenaline rush or like because i chase i chased i i chase energy now but i would but i think even skateboarding it was a lot about energy and, and a mental focus um and um and I do think that I bring some of that energy to the stage and to my to my writing like there's a level that a song needs to meet before I will like call it a song or mm-hmm. call it finished um so I think that has had an effect on my on my writing and also when I actually 
I, I remember the day I was on I was on the deep end. I was getting ready to drop in and take a run, and um, I didn't. I just picked up my board and I walked away. And I was probably thirty two, thirty three, mm. um, and I th- at that point, like I was, there was always an injury. There was always some kind of pain going on, and I I remember thinking. Um, I just don't. I think this is dangerous. The size of the ramps I was skating. It was is dangerous if you don't really have any goal or any like hmm. purpose. And I was kind of found it. I was going through the motions. And when I quit skateboarding, I mean, skate skating is like you could look at it as one of the highest forms of kung fu if you wanted to, um, tai chi, or even like an advanced form of that where you you know you're doing tai chi but you're on a rolling board with four wheels and you're on like vertical surfaces and whatnot it, it's it's an it art alone. it's yeah. an art it's an expression I, i've never looked at it as an olympic sport i've looked at it as isn't like it a, going to be though then the 2020 kinda, olympics yeah well yeah there's and there's a whole culture around that to to like professionalize and athleticize it and like how can it be a sport really like don't you think that it's more i guess in the same way that like why would we consider ballet a sport yeah like there's an athleticism to it of course but to me like when i watch skaters and surfers people that are dealing with like that because i i've never tried skateboarding but like i've tried surfing and like that is an amazing there is technical skill and people there are technical skaters i think what what that what happens is it emphasizes that to the exclusion of a lot of other aspects of skating that i've found life-giving point point being um as soon as i stopped skating i was like got a surge of artistic and creative energy that was sort of un unreleased and also i found out that i had like developed a really real dependency on adrenaline Mm. and i needed to find some other way and i think um really putting myself on stage and focusing on my (laughs) songs instead of other people's songs because i had you know i didn't really start coming out with songs of my own and really focusing on them until probably 2006 Mm. i wrote a i wrote a song that was really that I I want to do that again, you know, and how do I do that again? What happened to make that song come through like that? So then I turned around and looked and I realized, oh, well, you know, there's probably some, you know, where's the cool shit happening? Where am I, where am I getting pumped up? But I, I love s- that you yeah. talked about the idea of adrenaline, bringing that energy, that type of adrenaline, like that type of energy that we, I think is normally associated with aggressiveness, like, people talk Mm -hmm. about adrenaline and its relationship to cortisol and Mm -hmm. like other stress hormones like why do you get adrenaline but the fact that it can actually be channeled or recognized as Mm -hmm. a positive flow of energy and and burst of chemistry in your body and Mm -hmm. i just think that the way you describe that was amazing like to make a conscious decision to say like this is dangerous for my body and i'm gonna at the age of 32 possibly not recover as as well from injuries Mm -hmm. from this activity but i still want to have that feeling and that it translated to being on stage because Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that i like i've been playing on stage and playing my songs for 20 years now and it doesn't matter like the second before i get up there i think like this is a huge mistake what if i what was i doing i could be at home not in front of these people about to like i don't even know if like i like what i'm wearing or like something weird with my face or and there is sort of like that the 
adrenaline is like the perfect description for it. It's thrilling. There's a thrill to that that I hope hope never to lose that. And I think part of it is like trying new material on stage is the way that I get that now because yeah. I'm pushing myself. I care about what the audience is thinking about, you know, and how they're reacting to me. And I want them to be attracted to the ideas I'm presenting. But I'm also sort of like, I'm really in it for the, like, the more I write and the older I get, the more I'm just like, am I pushing my own boundary here to give myself that feeling of, of thrill? Because I'm not like a, into roller coasters. I rode a mm-hmm. motorcycle for a while, but I also feel like there's like ways that I've just been like, I really want to stay alive and sort of keep the body healthy. But that is thrilling and exciting. So I'm I'm so intrigued that you talked about that and happy that you talked about your re-channeling your skating energy into songwriting. It actually was a backdoor. I mean, I didn't know. It wasn't a conscious decision. I mean, the, you kind of made it sound like I, I thought all this out, but it, it actually <laughs> just occurred to me later. Yeah. That like, oh, maybe that's what. Oh, sure. Oh, you were observing it after it already happened. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's, I think that's the important part about like everything that we do, almost everything is hind. I, I mean, I th- you're 46, I'm 46. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like every, I think of myself like 20 years ago, I'm like, oh, I was an idiot. What was I? Oh my God. <laughs> or like even songs I've been playing for 20 years. I'm like, oh, that's what that's about. Like, I, I feel like I that's definitely no true idea. about songwriting. That yeah. Like 15 years after a song, you're like, oh, yeah. that's what yeah. I was revealing something to myself that I wasn't actually prepared to recognize. Yet. Well, And that's what that's what made writing these songs for for the podcast difficult for me is because my process is so streamlined and stre- it's not stream of conscious necessarily, but it is very fluid. And it's like I don't pick a topic when I write about it. I, I come up with a couple of chords and. I mean, you've seen it, and it's like, okay, well, I guess it's going to be this, and then that develops something else, and then the lyrics come last, usually. Sometimes mm-hmm. they come first, but usually it's last, and so when I had to think about like the topic we were going to write about, I was like, ah, ah, ah. so I, I started my process like I always did. How did that work out for you? Well, I got the first line, <laughs> and I was like, okay, now how can I make that about compulsion? Okay, yeah, so let's segue well, in. Yeah, we need to segue in. Thank you in. for talking about yourself, Ben. I really sure. appreciate yeah. the vulnerability of that. And like, thanks for being open to us. And, and thank you for setting up the show. It was a wonderful show tonight to, to be with you and, and hear your music on stage and share with the people that you'd brought into the building. But yeah, let's talk about... So we mentioned this in season one. Yes. But season two, we wanted to do fewer episodes. Fewer episodes. Ep- episodes. Episodes. Yeah, well, you know, my cousin Donnie, okay. he all... Um. <laughs> She doesn't like it when I talk about my cousin. It's fine. Honey. I like it a lot, but I just don't know if. Well, he had some episodes. He had to have. He had Arbutus. to have them removed. The safe word for that voice is Arbutus, <laughs> and I'm telling everyone in the world so that if you hear Andrew Grimm, safe that, word. <laughs> there's what a safe word. a safe word. Arbutus. 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 It's a town. Is, yeah, it's a it's suburb a town off in of Baltimore. Baltimore. Oh, I thought it was an ang- anti-anxiety medication. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's it an antipsychotic. Like. That's what it sounds you, like. There's some people in Arbutus who need it. Um, so we I'm have decided. So f- season one, we picked a bunch of topics and we wrote these essays. And then Andrew and I would um, res- re- reveal the essays to each other mm-hmm. and then talk about it and then feature a song by a, a you know a, a band pers- that we thought should that be we famous. thought should be famous. Mm-hmm. So 
getting away from the fame part of it because what we wanted to really do with the season two is like encouraging content creation and visiting other people and giving us an excuse to go out on tour and like meet people and see people that we like and also promote their put good quality content into the world because we think that Ben Shannon music is important for people to listen to. So, but the way that we thought of, of doing this is like, well, I don't want us to all three bringing, be bringing old songs into the mix. We need to be, putting a bunch of pressure and stress on ourselves right, to write these Because writing the essays were, was too much. <laughs> it was too easy to have to do that on a weekly yeah. basis to like really think of a clever essay and then record it. So, um, it's too easy. So we discuss this with each of our artists and we pick a, um, a topic to write about and then the three of us would reveal the song either at the gig or at the podcast. And so tonight's subject was um, compulsion or the, this episode's... Um, theme is compulsion so do you want to talk about like one of the reasons why you wanted to to make this our topic i mean sometimes i feel like i'm like being pulled along by something else i mean um, you know my my song that first verse is kind of about the songwriting and about like just if i don't do it i feel wrong somehow and um and then then the next one is like just not have just not having an off switch like i have not found the off switch for certain things in my life and i i feel like that might be a good that was for me where i landed with compulsion that's cool <laughs> i'm so tired that's all I guess. <laughs> that's really cool that's but interesting wow. yes. that's i just <laughs> thank you like thank you ben shannon <laughs> the ellen cherry bot just like hit her own answer Beep. I'm sorry, because I was actually like, my brain was not able to like actually absorb his wonderful answer, and then think like, well, how am I going to respond to that question? Right. <laughs> what's What's been pulling you along for 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 so long? Well, do you, do you have an off switch? I no. Have you met me? <laughs> I do not have an off switch. My my like. It's it's nothing but talking about your feelings, ladies and gentlemen. Twenty four. So we discussed this. is a little side this is a tangent. Point, yeah. On the very first tour that Andrew and I went on, which was in... 2005. 2005. Wow. It was you and me and Tony Rosas in a van. Uh-huh. And about 10 minutes into it, I was sitting in the back seat. It wasn't even a seat. It was just a futon mattress. I was just on the futon mattress in the van, sitting back there by myself. <laughs> and I came up between the two captain's chairs and I said... Hey, guys. You want to talk about your feelings? <laughs> And like, Tony, like... with your elbows rested on the armrest. And arm I'm pretty sure like, that, like, Tony groaned. Yeah, like, Tony oh was sick, God. too. Oh, God. Oh, that's he right, he was sick. He had the flu. So... Because um, he was supposed to be driving. That's you right. got him when he's vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All he had was feelings at that point. But the point. funny thing is now that, like, now that we tour this much together, and, like, today, we spent, like, four hours talking about our, our feelings. feelings. <laughs> yep. I win. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so I don't have an off switch. My song, um, um, I, I'll talk about my my interpretation of the compulsive behavior that I've been trying to address for the last 10 months. I've actually started working in 12-step fellowship. You know, I think you nice. and I talked a little bit yeah, about yeah. that um, and understanding what it means to have, like, to go through a program and get... I'm d- attempting a spiritual awakening for myself in a way that I haven't in a long time because I used to have a spiritual practice as a child that was given to me by my parents and our mm-hmm. family tradition, and I have abandoned that, And but I am missing that part of it. So my compulsive thinking is deep-seated, and it has to do with so much circular thinking, and a lot mm-hmm. of it has to do with like guilt and shame. And so the work that I'm trying to do, I wanted to talk about that. That's where I started thinking about in my song was like, how can I describe what it's like to be like burdened and feeling 
like on a loop, constantly on a loop. Mm. And what that feels like for the person who has some com- some compulsive behavior to work on. So that's what I was addressing in the song. What mm. about you, Mr. Grimm? Um, I kept coming back to this idea of like not um, not being able to like help help myself. Like there's like this like no matter what I do, no matter what I say, I can't stop or slow something down. And I was just talking with my classes today about this um, article that we're we're doing a rhetorical analysis on, and uh, the the line was we were fall, we're falling for Alexa. It was about the the Amazon Alexa, and we were looking at that word falling. And people's talk- Alexas are gonna wake up now and be oh, like, yeah. start recording them, right? And and then send as them as if to they the haven't friends. been recording them the whole time, the entire time. <laughs> so so we look at that word falling and. That idea that you, when you're when you're falling, you're doing everything you can to stop yourself. I mean, from the physical fall, um, and then you know, you're, there's there's a helplessness to it, mm-hmm. and that's what I kind of feel about this whole idea of like, you know, you you feel like you have to or you can't resist, and that's where I was with it. Um, and I think about like things that I can't help. Well, I can't help from doing, but it's really difficult. Like, you know buying a bunch of Kit Kat bars on the way home from a gig like I you know and then it becomes habit and then it becomes like like social affectation like I have to have a cup of coffee all the time Mm -hmm. and you know it's but it's not addiction because like I can make a choice but that's how I was getting in there yeah Mm -hmm. and feeling about it so that's the this, this, since this is our first episode and we're kind of like little babies wandering through this episode. Right. Apparently, I feel like that. Um, <laughs> well, should we take a pause? We're gonna and, take a pause and get ready to actually play the songs. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Pausing. Mm. Man, I don't know where this song came from. But Outer space. Yeah. Uh, it's called Upswing. <laughs> 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 Was it running like a horse? Were you pulled into motion by a mystical force? Were you gone? Were you long gone? Were you lifting off? Did you feel the grace like gold in your belly and a smile every place like a song? It went on and long. Now you're living on an upswing, never coming down you're living on an upswing never coming down and no it's never gonna end it's never gonna end oh find something good you give it your best did you find something good did you lock it in your chest like oh you never let it go never let it go did you ask him why did you ask him when did you lose your faith and abandon your friends like oh i've never been enough never been enough and you're living on enough swing gotta come down you're living on enough swing you gotta come down like oh it's never gonna end
that it's never enough And you know deep down that it's never enough You're like, oh, I gotta let it go I gotta let it go And I'm living on enough swing Gotta come down, I'm living on enough swing Gotta come down like, oh, it's never enough about like the first line that you mentioned in in the song that you're gonna sing and how you were uh, uh, yeah it was kind of related to, to my relationship with with writing or even with the muse um an energy that was the word that you yeah, used yeah yeah and i kind of it's not something that like as i i don't know how to explain it but um i just get a real rush out of it i think there's something physical about it uh, writing and there's it, there's also a, um, a, a, a kind of a healing centering of emotion mm-hmm. I guess or even like um, just trying to herd all of these words or like kind of sort through things and put them into a narrative or a character mm-hmm. or, or some sort of scenario but um, I guess I felt like this song you know the first verse kind of does talk about um the feeling of of that of being part of a a song like one of my good friends here mark dignam he's from dublin he moved to pittsburgh and uh he would always say you know there's there's just one song you know we've all been playing you know for all these years um but when hooking into that river that flow Mm -hmm. of just um music is somewhat of a rush and I guess I kind of feel like uh, I, I have to keep it close you know mm-hmm. And but it's also something that like when I've gotten away from it like I feel terrible when like, I don't like when I go when I don't write and then also it's it actually do feel kind of terrible when I do write at times like it's <laughs> like oh god you know like I'm I'm in this battle like I'm in this thing where yeah, I because you were you well you actually referred to it as battle yeah and the performance is also yeah like a thing I don't I don't know why it's it's everything's like combat sports I would say I'm more of a Khabib than a Conor McGregor when it comes to <laughs> writing I try to do what I say but I try to do it quietly and then uh and then retire <laughs> <laughs> wisely yeah <laughs> I don't know. That, no, I'm but just there's on a, a definitely. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think that what also when l- listening to you describe your emotional response to both your performances and your and the compulsion to write and also the compulsion to not write or not mm-hmm. even the compulsion, but the way you just described it is that the feeling that you get of when I don't write, I feel blocked or sick. And then yeah. when I do write, also that draws up a sickness too. Like that's, right. and so you think, well, we'll just stop doing that. Like that's what most yeah. people say. I was like, don't pick at that scab. Leave it right. alone. Do something else. But the thing is that, like, but that's the outlet that you but realize you is actually so the most. Of, yeah. Yeah. It's like you're coming home. Right? Yeah. Like, and the fact that you talked about like the comp, uh, so you keep referencing or you have referenced and you referenced it on stage tonight too about being in battle. But there is a wave like, 
calmness to that too about accepting that there is a challenge here you're accepting the challenge and it's not a manic energy that you're putting forth towards this mammoth task it's a really heavy not heavy but um profound flow yeah. of stuff you know even battle could even be it's just a struggle even it because battle it's like i kind of think of formations and military like exercises but but like it's really about opening up a channel and sort of letting myself kind of fade out and letting and channeling the energy that i've kind of collected in the song and the melody yeah something bigger than yourself because you yeah. mentioned that too like it's we like were the spiritual battle kind of or spiritual struggle that of writing that kind of I, I've grown so much like this music has really helped me sort stuff out man. yeah it's like walking on a straight line I am sorry that I said that I am sorry so so many times you must forgive me as I wander on a path that is a circle in my mind I could tell you that I'm walking on a straight line as I always planned it never matters where I go because I always end up just where I began Walking on a straight line, the saddest soul you'll ever meet. Walking on a straight line, the best I can do is repeat. I have used up all my ink in writing novels of my wrongs and my This is helpful to remind me and to never allow me to forget. If I let go, what would I do with all these hidden heavy bags of shame? They are my first place trophies to show you that I can be the winner of this game. Walking on a straight Sparked a flame so blue it burns I'm walking on a straight line It's okay, I never learn Walking on a straight line I could leave the past behind Walking on a straight line Roll the tape and I tell you that I'm walking on a straight line as quickly as I can it never matters where I go because I always end up just where I began Sweet, Ben's mom likes it. Yeah. Oh, sorry, that was too loud. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. All right.
All right, what you got, Andrew Grimm? What's this one called? Uh, this is called Hidden Voices. It don't matter what you done. It don't matter that we fight. It don't matter who you trust. I remain your satellite. Up against the things that know are true. Wear my faith over your proof. It don't matter that you never call. I can wait, I can wait for it all Spinning around night and day Nothing but everything getting in my way Spinning around day to night You satellite Hidden ghosts pouring for me the way I can hardly feel it like gravity It don't matter who you're with It don't matter that I feel like this Spinning around night to day Nothing but everything in my way We've reached the end of our journey <laughs> tonight. That sounded so ominous. Yeah. Did did we talk about our songs? I think we <laughs> talked about them before we started. I so, yeah. I'm so bit. tired. Yeah. And like you guys gotta be tired because both of you've been teaching all day. Yeah, I got up early. And Ben has to teach tomorrow. I stayed up late too. This is part you're, of it. You're the like a manifesting tiredness in the ears of your listeners. That's true. I don't know. Whereas you were talking about the thrill and adrenaline <laughs> rush of writing right. songs. Yeah, which is um, present I here. I can feel it from just hearing your songs. I, there's something really special about being in a small room with with like people who do this this songwriting thing. It's like yeah. I get energy from it. And like even if we were to just send songs to each other on like uh like Facebook private group or whatever, I would go back here when i listen mm -hmm. i would Mentally come back to the, the circle space. oh yeah. Nice. yeah yeah that's how it works for me and good i get it i get a rush yeah. that's well that's kind of the point of what we were thinking about with this whole push is that for the two of us to push ourselves to create as well as you know like having this motivating force of being responsible to other people that we're like we're coming to your town and we have all put a show together and invested time yeah. and energy in it mm -hmm. and then we're going to actually like create new content because in my opinion the only way to combat the negative content or the sort of like vampiric content that we're trying to to participate in is to put 
something else like well what have you got well this is what we've got yeah. we've got something that we can show you yeah so let's talk about the songs just really briefly um ben you did a song called upswing yeah and the chorus of it is just beautifully sung is there anything that you would like the things that you were thinking about when you were writing him um yeah i mean i guess um just the first verse kind of lays it out that you're pulled along by the mystical force the second verse is a little bit i mean living on an upswing you know like ah i guess i said you know like which is just filler for <laughs> i have no idea what that means no it's just like well, I'm we've on been high, talking you know? about energy and the yeah. flow of energy and when you were even talking about your early life as a skateboarder yeah. the idea that it, it it appears from the way you described it to me that it wasn't necessarily about, um, it was more about feeling something external flowing through you while you were doing that activity. Right. So the idea of an upswing and updraft, yeah. mm -hmm. especially when you're dealing with the concept of compulsive behavior, right. is that a lot of us who are working on compulsive behaviors and trying to use like whatever cognitive behavioral therapy we can, whether it's 12 step or working with a therapist or, you know, any of the other therapies that are out there, like to motivate yourself that like, well, it doesn't necessarily have to be about stopping compulsive behavior. It has to be like, how am I channeling that into something that's actually beneficial to myself right. and healthy to myself? Yeah. And so like making that yeah, into sure. a, an upswing rather than like a camping down of something that is supposedly negative. Whereas it's like, well, who, who is the person who said that compulsive behavior is can, has to be always negative. Right. And that chorus shifts a little bit. It's living on an upswing, never coming down. Then it goes living on an upswing, gotta come down. And, you know, I think part of it is um, just recognizing that that there's ups and downs, and um, you know, I've always and, and that there's a cycle. There's that there's uh, creative cycles. There's like you know, like needing a break. You know, acknowledging that I need a break, acknowledging that I need to take. Um, a little sabbatical or, or hiatus mm -hmm. um, that can be very regenerative and it can actually improve the the flow of energy and, and give my voice a rest you know give my hands a rest you know and so I've, I've found different ways like I, I think writing is a very specific muscle mm -hmm. um, group you know or like it's harnessing a very very specific architecture of creativity in my in my being and that performing is a different one right and mm -hmm. then recording and doing the whole process of a studio is also a, a very different kind of thing where i'm purely i'm really trying to focus on performance and and getting the energy right from the original when i wrote it and yeah. not like mm -hmm. letting it get away and like well it's like when you when you make a demo and and you yeah. and you and you're recording it, and then you go back and you listen to the demo. You're like, oh man, that demo had that like was great. It, it had that thing to it. Demo love, yeah, yes, <laughs> everything. Like I always thought, like scratch guitars always sounded the best because like you're just playing them as raw as you could, and you didn't care. And it's like it's just a scratch guitar. And then you like apply a whole bunch more guitars, and you listen back to the scratch. It's like man. The original was the best. The one. The original yep. was the best one. So. But that's because you're trying to. I have. A like problematic feelings about recording in the studio and I'm trying to get more experience with recording in the studio to try to capture, because they are different energies because you're trying to basically do a live performance in 
you know, with the ear being so close to the instrument, the ear yeah. of the microphone is close to your guitar or it's close to your bass amp or it's close to your cello or it's close to the piano or it's close to your voice. Whereas in performance, live performance, you have everything, all the other elements of the audience, right. the room, right. carpeting or oh, the yeah, air yeah. temperature, you know, like the, the vibe of the other people and creating that in the studio. It, that's what is so disappointing about hearing so many modern recordings is that, They've been so squashed yeah. and scrubbed that there's yeah. like, it's so it's so crazy like to yeah. hear things that just feel like robots, robots making robot music, right? Beep, beep, beep. Well, and uh, the thing about the, I think that there's got to be something going on with your brain in your subconscious or some sort of chemical thing when you're in the studio because you know you can go back and not fix something but you could redo it you could take another take but when you're on stage mm -hmm. and you're doing a show it's like you know you you want to make it through the song yeah. you're leaning into it yeah because yeah. it's like all or nothing and then like and then if like you have the competitive nature of there are other songwriters <laughs> on the on the bill yeah. who you know are as good at what you're doing or maybe slightly better at what you're doing and you're like oh man you know then you're like I just want to be a part of the group, guys. I'm just jazzed to be on the show. I'm just jazzed to be on yeah. the show, man. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, I don't know. Maybe there's a competitive nature that out kind of, like, that edges out that part for me sometimes. Um, not with people that I know. I don't feel competitive with you guys. Yeah. Um, as far as you know. One trick I learned about competition is just not to let other people know that To know that they're competing. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> yep, I'm so going to edit all your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to replace it with like... The one thing that I did on the first record that I feel like I did lose some of the energy of some of my songs was that just the drawn-out process of, of recording, like, drums first and mm -hmm. then bass, and, like, I lost stuff during that. Mm -hmm. This this mo And even in the second one, we ended up chasing demos. And, and then, so for my third third out third record i was like i just called them chasers like i was just cha the chaser track where like i'm just gonna play like i'm just gonna play this guitar w in the spirit of the song mm -hmm. and then as a scratch mm -hmm. and then we would i don't know if that makes sense but, yeah. no, but you would build around that foundation rather than yeah, trying to right. set the f like saying this is the shape of this the house the and we've architecturally right. designed it so that like here's the yeah, drums of bass right. code exactly You're actually starting with the heartbeat of it and then we were pre-producing one song at a time and then bam hit it you know yeah. so we wouldn't any changes or any kind of energy shifting that we were doing like to to lift from the bridge or to to like add some space after a verse that would be uh, it would it would be within our grasp and our immediate like even muscle memory and, and yeah. so that helped me kind of stay on the energy for this most recent one, which robots is on. Oh, good. Yeah, and uh, so yeah. Quality There's an album by our pal out in Chicago who is called Steve Dawson, and he has a band called Funeral Bonsai Wedding, and they did that for that record. They perform they did so much pre-production rehearsal and then recorded so much of it live and it, you know in a big yeah. room with baffles and like sound deadening it, it was just like I think that's the way to do it it's amazing and it turned out like because that's sort of the pleasure and the thrill of 
all of us playing guitar for 20 years is that you start to like know your instrument really well yeah. just like mm-hmm. any other professional musician well, and, and then you, you get to know the person in the room very well yeah like is that other person then i mean they're still a person but they become they become a uh an instrument and you react off of that yeah. too like i mean i think some of the stuff that we've been doing lately to some of the the harmonizing stuff and some of the guitar parts i've been playing too and mm-hmm. even the guitar parts that you've been playing on telegraph you know that's had this evolution of i'm actually able to feel comfortable enough to pay attention now and not be concerned about like oh i don't know the song or i don't know how to play the chords and yeah and there i think there was there was a discussion of just play a little less (laughs) just just a little less don't are you sure you don't want more guitar that's like the best advice i ever got someone was just like play half Half as much as you play and then let your voice come out okay so Yeah, let's wrap it up. I feel yeah. like I talked about my song a little bit about like walking in the circle. And really? Shit. Did you? Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't really think you did. No, okay. So, Walking in a Straight Line, the song that I wrote about compulsion was. <laughs> oh, my God. God. <laughs> Gag me with a spoon. I have been working, I've had some interesting um, journeying through my psyche for the last 10 months because I am I'm very open about it, but I have started to um, be a part of 12 step fellowship. And that's been revelatory to me because of um, a reacquainting myself with a spiritual practice that mm. isn't necessarily like, you know, they ref- they refer to God as we understand him. And that is very appealing to me to as a person who doesn't want to think about God as male. And um, I don't know. I was just thinking about what the fellowship has brought up for me is recognizing how much self-shame that I have put on myself and how it has restricted me and how I don't want to be carrying that around anymore. But that the compulsive part of it is that I compulsively think about things that I'm ashamed of behavior in the past, things I'm thinking now, things I may have said to someone, a random phrase that I said to somebody on the street that I feel like I want to go back an interaction in traffic that I can never pull back that I felt like was not the kind of person I wanted to present to the world and how it's like, that compulsive behavior didn't allow me to just be human in those moments and wanting to be human. And so like giving myself space for that. And so like the, it started really with like the, the line, um, you must forgive me as I wander on a path that is a circle in my mind. Like you have to just forgive me because this is basically what's happening. And I could walk on a straight line and it feels like I'm walking on a straight line because it looks like a straight line, but it's actually a circle because I'm mm. ending up at the beginning again and I wanted to convey that. So that's that's what I was trying to yeah, convey. You did it very well. It's yeah. a really good song. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm going to throw it over to Andrew Groom. Okay. Um, well, mine was uh, you know talking about the concept of a satellite, uh, which is in orbit. I was trying to play around with that type of idea that's drawn into a, 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 a you know gravity and, and blah, 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 astrophysics stuff. <laughs> um, and then... The, the whole idea, like, some of the lines are, like, up against things that I know are true, weigh my faith over your proof. Um, That's a great line. I love that line. And that, it's that idea, like, all the math, all the equations say this is wrong, but you are, you you have no choice but to, or at least you convince yourself you have no choice but to go forward. Um, and I, I think I quoted this last season, um, the song by Big Black, where he, uh, I think it's Al Jurgensen, or Steve Albini, one of those guys, said, uh, the lyric was, I tell myself I will not go even as I drive there. And I remember hearing that when I was 16, and I was like, wow, oh, 
That's deep. That's about as far as I got with Big Black. But, but like that just whole idea, like you know, you can't help yourself to help yourself. Mm-hmm. And we're we're drawn to those things. And mm-hmm. and the last the last line of the verse, which is one I I ad libbed as I was practicing right before I played it, is uh, it it doesn't matter who you're with. It doesn't matter that I feel like this. And it's our, that sense of abandonment that we we put ourselves through when we can't mm-hmm. stop. Yeah. So, and speaking of stopping, I think it's time. I think we, uh, you know, and typically I ask you, where can we find you on the web? But I think we should ask Ben Shannon. Yeah. Yeah. BenShannonMusic.com. dot mm. That's pretty much Ben Shannon Music Central, right yes. there. All your Ben Shannon music yeah. needs. Yeah. Yeah. Everything emanates from there. Uh, I don't. I'm not present on Twitter, and I'm not present on Instagram. I'm not present on uh, Snapchat or Reddit. I'm present um, in a tentative basis. I'm trying to figure out how to do that on Facebook as well. So you can you can sometimes catch me there. Actually, a bunch of people came to the show. They said they'd heard about this show on Spotify from my Spotify. So oh, great. Cool. I, but I don't really interact with Spotify. Right. So. It must have been the venue. I don't know. Yeah, the venue probably posted, or you posted. I posted it on our like schedule page, and so what happens is it feeds into Spotify. Right. So like right. it'll catch some of those dates. Although I'm not Bands sure. In town? What is that? I'm Maybe sorry. no. I'm on Vans in town. Yeah. yeah. So okay. that is helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Ben Shannon Music um, is where you can find yep. and ways to purchase your music and support you, because one of the things that we are constantly talking about on the Why Aren't You Famous podcast is that. Um, it's great to purchase uh, and support artists by purchasing their work, but to really be mindful about thinking about the artist that has to create that work and what that kind of support looks like. So going to shows is one of the most important things that I think mm-hmm. all of us we can do. I try to go to sh- other people's shows and, and pay yeah. a cover charge and yeah. because that is, um, as was said at the show tonight, um, that's gas money, that's food, and the, the money that artists earn is quickly put back into the system <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. to support and, and themselves and it's like supporting the local economy keeping your money yeah. local as well yeah um and it's important to go to shows and it's important to not talk during shows yes just saying <laughs> just if it's an acoustic there. show um yeah it's important yeah. Is or yeah just take a break and go to like a the really or like a dome of silence should come over those people <laughs> a cone of silence yeah. um so uh ellen cherry where would we find your stuff online you can find me at ellencherry.com and you can support me by going to ellencherry.bandcamp.com i also have a subscription page that's um or service that's four bucks a month and you get two items a month <laughs> i'm behind because i did in september i think only one thing oh, but no. I had some like life changes. I had to move house, and I'm settled now, and got my piano moved, and you know, all is good. You're, there. you're running that. That is an expiration date on that. I on know. That excuse. Okay. So, <laughs> I've it's been a while since I've had a home. That's true. It's been a couple of years since I felt at home. So it's nice to finally feel at home again, yeah. and to be able to refocus my energy on the true creative practice. And Which is a great reason to sign up for the four dollars a month. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah. you can hear about all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Part of my moving process has been letting, like the process of letting go things, which definitely feeds into our compulsive stuff, but like letting go of, I had a bunch of material that was centered around the car wreck and letting go of all of this like legal mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And little essays, and they're fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Essays. So, Andrew, what about you? What a good compelling. word. Yes. 
compelling. Yes. Um, uh, you can find me at junestar.com, J-U-N-E-S-T-A-R.com. And this is my 20th year of having the band in Baltimore. Yep. Um, we just put out our 15th record, and you can get that stuff at uh, junestar.bandcamp.com. And you can do a forward slash subscribe to get to my subscription. Uh, it's $5 a month. It's a, it's a dollar extra. But the content you get, oh, my goodness. So much more content. So much more content. <laughs> As, uh, 15 records, are, well, 14 <laughs> of the records are up there, three solo records. And then um, there's a, an acoustic album, and then there's a couple compilations. And then there's I write, record, and post uh, an exclusive song a week for subscribers only. Yeah. And uh, Ellen Cherry has finally made it into the subscription. One of the songs. It's a kind of a. I think I kind of made that song. Sweet. <laughs> I think I kind of like really made that song. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I gave one direction. I said, I said, ah, don't don't sing it so country. And then you just sang it as country as you could. I did not. Did <laughs> you say that to me? I did. And you and I sang it country. Yeah. Oh, you did. Wait, how much is it for a song a week plus uh, fifteen albums? Five dollars a month. Five wow. bucks a month. Five bucks a month. I'm up to 40 subscribers. And, and somebody just subscribed for $60 a month. Don't like, say that aloud. Subscribe what you want. Yep. Yeah, it's oh. pay what you want. But the thing is, that, well, like, it's five, minimum this, $5. This is one yeah. of the things that we've been talking about, Ben, is that the sustainable model of being an independent working musician and like the subscription service is really fascinating to me because if you think about like how many subscribers do you need to get in the world to like make your rent make your mortgage and that's really what you need is like those people that are just like believing in it at four or five bucks a month right and you get 300 of those people then there's a like at least uh, one of your expenses yeah, is yeah. taken care of so anyway we should wrap up we're gonna wrap up so we can all go to sleep and start it again tomorrow um coming up next in episode three we're headed out to detroit michigan to meet up with our pal don dupree the dupe meister and um, I'm going to be writing a song tomorrow <laughs> for okay. that. I'm going to be transposing my song. For Ooh, my voice someone's already voice finished. <laughs> it's not finished. I still there's another verse that has to happen. Just remember, dear listeners, these are works in progress, and you yeah. are seeing people in their vulnerable state. <laughs> right on. That's true. And uh, and it's vulnerable for us, and it's fun. And I'm so happy that Ben, you were our first um, collaborative person on our podcast. Thank you so much for your. Yes efforts to put into the show in Pittsburgh seeing you again is wonderful and hearing the two songs that you wrote for this is just I feel really honored thank you oh, my pleasure yeah. yeah thank you very much and the Thanks description of me. yourself yeah it's just oh, amazing you guys yeah. you guys are great you guys are uh, you guys are welcome back anytime Please. we may never leave <laughs> this is our home now <laughs> yay <laughs> Woo, Pittsburgh all right friends all right. we'll see you next time goodbye bye Catch you later.